0: FaithFit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Bucklin. A program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts.
1: Well, hello everyone, welcome to our weekly podcast. We are back. Nothing is back.
2: What? Nothing is back. That's us. We're the podcast about nothing, and we're back. That is true. Nothing
1: is back. All ten people missed us, and I'm sure they're glad we're back.
2: Well, Gracing
1: the podcast airwaves. Juggling the life of a priest and a father of seven is not at all easy. <laughs> it does get busy from time to time, but uh, the good news is today we're we are...
2: back and we have guests. WeCat is back in the studio, which Hello. is exciting, and we have Father Chris Dorsey, newly appointed at St. James Cathedral. Oh, poor
1: thing. My condolences. <laughs>
0: Hello, no, everyone.
1: It's going to be wonderful.
2: <laughs> it's penance. <right? laughs> Welcome to the cathedral. You have to go on Father Martin's podcast.
1: Father Chris is a very dear friend who entered a year after I did in the seminary, but ended up ordaining
0: a year before. But has been ordained twice as long as Father Martin. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's so subdued today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chris, would you please say a few words to introduce yourself to our audience? I'm Father Chris. I just got assigned to St. James. I was at Holy Redeemer in Kissimmee and St. Rose of Lima in Point Siena for the last two years. Uh, I'm also a co-what is it called? Co-sponsee. Co-sponsored when I was in seminary. Now I am just a priest with both the Orlando Diocese and the Military Archdiocese. So uh, I am also a R- Army Reserve Chaplain right now. Just think of him as, like, um, Captain America. Captain
1: there's a, America. There's a nerdy side, and then there's an awesome side. Well, what everyone really wants to know is, what's your
0: favorite color? Blue, with green as a close second. Okay. Favorite food? Cookies. Any type. I'm non-discriminatory. Equal we'll opportunity towards cookies. Excellent. Very good. I just good. feel dumber. And what did you have for lunch today? Um, I had chicken. What kind of chicken? <laughs>
2: That's so generic.
0: Uh, it was, was it steamed chicken? See, but uh, you're trying to buy time. No Microwave chicken.
2: All right. Well, <laughs> uh, but Father Chris, there's a reason that Father Chris is here today. Yeah. and uh, Because we actually have a topic. We do. We do have a topic. What's it called? Well, I sent you the topics a week and a half ago. You seemed excited about the That was a week and a half ago. I know. <laughs> Our topic today, coincidentally or not, is uh, the Archdiocese of the Military. Oh. Ah.
0: Which makes me think not coincidentally.
2: It was not coincidentally. <laughs> but coincidentally planned. We actually had this on the calendar months ago before we even knew you were coming to the cathedral. I couldn't
1: even remember what I had for breakfast this morning.
2: (laughs) So Father Chris, as you mentioned, is a chaplain for uh, the Army and was sponsored uh, at seminary by the Diocese of Orlando and the Archdiocese of the military. Um, And so tell us a little bit about the Archdiocese because a lot of people don't even know that it
0: exists. So the Archdiocese for Military Services is a special diocese that where most dioceses are in a location. Uh, the archdiocese is anywhere that a member of the military and also the Catholic Church is, that they are uh, in charge of the care of souls of all the military, Catholic military personnel. And so they kind of coordinate priests and uh, the sacraments. They're the go-to spot. If you were baptized at a military base and need to get your baptism certificate and don't know where to go, they're the place to go. Nice. And where are they based? Uh, Their actual physical location is up in Washington, D.C. But uh, they have not only the Archbishop Broleo, but they've got, I think, four auxiliary bishops that kind of split up the whole world in terms of uh, doing confirmations and different things like that.
1: That's one of the biggest dioceses in the world. It is the biggest
2: diocese in the world.
0: Archdiocese. Archdiocese. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) By souls, actually, uh, by people. And then not just that, because of the area. So the sun never, as you mentioned, the sun never sets on the archdiocese of the
1: military. It does not. Now, what inspired you in the first place to um, to join the archdiocese of military?
0: Well, I grew up in a military family. From uh, well, my grandfather was military, but he was retired by the time I was born. But my father was a uh, Air Force navigator. So the whole time I was growing up, it was kind of move every two to three years, uh, born. Born in Washington State, lived California, Alabama, California, Virginia, and Florida, <laughs> um, which you get really good at spilling off, any military brat can tell you. Right. Um, it's a tough question when people say, where are you from? But, Everywhere. Uh, so I grew up kind of on around military bases, and a lot of times the chaplain uh, base was the church we would attend, and it was military chaplains who were there. Wow.
2: So tell me, it just, I mean, kind of curious. So when you, you mentioned your grandfather, now did he serve in the army as well? Or was he in the uh, Air Force? I or?
0: believe my grandfather was army. It's, army. Uh, it was before really, so I it just runs uh, in the blood. Yeah.
2: So when you, when you went through this process, did you first like head down to the recruiter or did uh, you know you wanted to be a priest first? No,
0: it's uh if I honest in all honesty, if I wasn't doing it in the chaplaincy, I probably never would have joined the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I felt the call to priesthood, That was my primary call, to be a priest. Uh, So entered seminary, and really I didn't know I could do anything about it until uh, after seminary. But then in seminary, I met a guy, um, Ryan Boyle, who was already kind of, he had been in the Air Force and then entered seminary and already had this thing going on with the military archdiocese. And that's where I'm like, what, you can do that? You can do both? (laughs) And so uh, I asked, um, was, still Bishop Wensky at the time, well through the vocation director, mm-hmm. if he would be open to me doing it. I figured it was really good timing because on the off chance he said no. I also knew we were right about to get a new bishop and <laughs> I could ask again. <laughs> planning. Uh, planning. That was very, very smart <laughs> of him. Strategic planning. Obedience is very important, but you know. That's true. Different now, people uh, have different answers. Well,
1: Chris said that his primary vocation is the vocation to the priesthood, uh, before the chaplaincy, before the army so just share with us a little bit about your vocation
0: story would you uh you're a graduate of um, ucf i am uh you know a lot of people a lot of priests that you talk to are like yeah i was four years old and saying the mass no. that was me uh yeah father martin may have been that holy He's five now not sure what happened <laughs> and a, but um and three quarters <laughs> i uh i was not that kid i never wanted to be a priest growing up you know i i went to mass with my family uh i Priests were okay people, um, but I never wanted to be one. Uh, my plans were either, e- even through college, were to uh, either be a veterinarian or a field biologist, the type of people who go out to rainforests and live out there for years at a time and get to study the cool animals that you just see on like the Discovery Channel. <laughs> but, uh, so I went to uh, UCF for that, and it wasn't too long into being at UCF that I really started uh, feeling the call. It was kind of just this little voice in me that said, what about being a priest? Which I promptly said, nope. Uh, I h- planned out what I want to do. It's not that. So I'm gonna. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm going to stay on that path. Um, that obviously didn't work out for me in the long run. But for about two and a half years, I studied biology. I was happy doing it. I had girlfriends, I actually joined a fraternity there. I pretty much the regular college life, but uh, still regularly attending mass and all at the same time. But more and more that little thought kept popping up of what about being a priest? And eventually I'm like, well, if this isn't coming from me, I kind of have to look at where it is coming from. And there's not too many options if it's not coming from me and it's calling you to be a priest and it's not other people in my life saying, hey, you'd be a good priest. So uh, pretty quickly I figured out, probably coming from God, had to decide, well, what does that mean then? And said, well, it probably means God wants me to be a priest, but I'm not (laughs) quite ready to say that yet. And so uh, I kind of looked at life, I'm like, still want to get the college degree just in case, but at the same time, this is probably what God wants. So priests don't exactly use biology every day, so... I have a lot of really hard classes, so I made it through Organic Chem 2, but I knew I'd still have Chem 2 coming, which I'm not a big chemistry guy. I said, you know what? I think I could also be really happy being like an English teacher or an editor or writer. (laughs) So I'm going to switch over to English, and if I become a priest, they'd probably use that a lot more, Uh, but I also would have a fallback in case I am crazy and it is just a voice in my head. Um, So I switched over to English, still graduated in... uh, the usual four year college, uh, not a lot of overlap, but crammed my schedule full and turned out that still felt that call at the end and entered the seminary. Wow,
1: that's awesome! Yep, he was really good uh, in editing my papers in the seminary.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Oh, yes, <laughs> proofreading <laughs> my edited papers. a lot of people's papers. Hey, there. you know,
1: help we help each other. <laughs> that's true. And uh, talking about the Archdiocese of Military, so you do have to go on regular training pretty often. Would you mind sharing, like, what's t- what's that like? And- so
0: while I was still in seminary, actually, is kind of where it starts, because that's where, as we said, I was co-sponsored, which means both the Orlando Diocese and Military Diocese, and I helped pay my way through seminary. I also joined what's called the Chaplain Candidate Program, which is separate. That's through the military itself, and you can begin training while you're still in school. And so while I was still in seminary, I did uh, it's called Chabolic, Chaplain's Basic Officer Leadership Course, and there it's... Pretty much basic training for chaplains. It's not quite as bad. I won't lie and say, oh, I went through everything that the basic training people went through, because you do come in as an officer, and sergeants don't get to yell as much at officers, which I'm not complaining about. <laughs> However, it was still uh, five o'clock formation. You know, getting up, doing physical training every morning. Still got to do. Uh, Go through the gas chamber, do land navigation. There's a lot more classroom stuff in the chaplain's side of things because uh, you got to learn to also be an officer. Pretty much you do most everything in basic training except weapons training, but then there's also officer and chaplain specific stuff as well. And every day is a little bit, uh, you realize is a little bit like one of the bad jokes you hear because you're standing in line for the bathroom and it's Catholic priest, a Baptist minister and a Buddhist monk are standing in line for the bathroom because <laughs> all the chaplains train together. It's all the faiths there together. My battle buddy who uh, battle buddy, obviously we don't battle much, but uh, the is someone you're supposed to know everything about. you're supposed to know where they are, you're supposed to know about their life. My battle buddy was a former Buddhist monk uh, who moved from Thailand to America and was going to be a Buddhist chaplain. Uh, and so he uh, he and I got to be pretty good friends and uh, got to learn a lot about him. But we were considered the endangered species of our class, that there's not near enough either Buddhist or Catholic chaplains. So everyone else was kind of told, make sure they make it. <laughs>
1: That's nice. Wow. And that, my dear people, why I am not in the military. Five o'clock, formation, training running. No, you're not I tall don't. enough. That's
0: why you're not in the military. <laughs>
1: that too. <laughs> Actually, that too, my battle fact...
0: buddy was shorter than him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and
1: and then I almost died running like three miles on a treadmill. Oh so. my gosh. Well, you know, the irony is, though,
2: you mentioned that Catholic priests are an endangered species, but um, I was reading when doing, some, doing some background research uh, that a quarter of the people who serve in the military uh, identify as Catholic, which is a pretty large number.
0: Yeah, no, it's the people in the military Catholics are not endangered. It's uh, unfortunately, those priests coming in that we know right now, it's it's changing as uh, vocations are up t- towards the priesthood, but all across our country, we could use some more priests, and that's even more sure. so in the military the military doesn't have any priests of its own. It relies on other bishops letting the military archdiocese borrow their priests for a while. And not only does it need borrowed priests, they have to be priests who are able to meet the physical mental demands of the military. And so it's kind of lowers that number again. And then hopefully the priests are willing to go themselves. So uh, when you take all that down and have to supply army, navy, and air force uh the marines and the uh coast guard both get their chaplains from From the navy Navy, right but uh it's last i knew and this might have changed because this was a few years ago but each branch had uh give or take a hundred catholic chaplains whoa which is not very many like each one (laughs) army hundred navy not a whole lot
1: for the territory of the whole world
2: well even considering all the i mean all the different places where our men and women are are fighting around the world particularly with all the the armed conflict that's still going on that's that's a pretty low ratio
0: Yeah, and you know it's a place that we're very much needed is not only are they going through the same struggles that any you know the majority of people especially in the army are, are young like 18 year old 18 to 21 year olds who are already dealing with a lot in their life and phys- figuring out where they are spiritually and who they are spiritually uh, but they're also dealing with those relationships, with money problems. And then sometimes they deal with those problems from thousands of miles away from home. And they they need kind of the support there that the church can give them. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, I can only, you know, getting ready to go into battle, it'd be nice to get confession in before you, you know, yeah. maybe Holy Communion, too, would be nice. So. Not that's, for you. Not for you. And Daydream well, of Death is I one of those in...
0: awesome times that you can get absolution without confession. That's so. True. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so that's fascinating. Well, I was one of the other things that I thought was kind of interesting is that that the archdiocese isn't actually that old. It was actually uh, formed by uh, Pope Saint John Paul II um, in 1986. I don't know if you knew that. Out of the out of New York, it was originally the job of the Bishop of New York.
0: Yeah, that basically they figured out that. They couldn't it needed to be its own entity yeah and i didn't know the exact details there i'm glad you looked that up yeah no uh, i
2: was fascinated well we started and i was looking at the topic and i'm like well how long has this been around and and it wasn't until 1917 as they were shipping americans um it was new york because that's where they were shipping all the soldiers off to go to war in europe in the first world war that they decided that the uh that the archdiocese of new york would be responsible for it um, and then it was uh, originally the guy who helped get the transition out of New York into the Archdiocese now was a former rear admiral, uh, and he was he was the head of the chaplaincy in the military. So it's a fantastic. It's an amazing history of Catholic chaplains serving in the military um, going back even as far as the Civil War.
0: Did you know the term chaplain actually comes from a Catholic from group? From the, ca- the gas <laughs> Right. Does Father Martin know why? No. We like to quiz him. <laughs> because— well, it comes from a, uh, a Martin. Uh, what can I say? Saint Martin of Tours. <laughs> You're that, welcome. Uh, uh, his, he is known for when he was a soldier. Uh, when he was coming into his city, he saw a beggar who was cold needed clothing, and so he cut his cape in half and gave it to him. Uh, that cape in Latin, I guess Latin, is Capone, yes, Capone, which when you take a few hundred years and merge in English, gives to Chaplain.
2: That's fascinating.
0: Well, I did not know that. I know mean, I know about Saint Martin the
1: Tours, but uh, oh wow! Cool. Hey. I learned something new today. That's
2: right. That's our job, really, on these podcasts is for you yeah. to learn something.
1: That's why when we—that's just the two of us—we don't learn anything. <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> learns anything, but we give it our best shot.
2: So, so no, but that's—I mean, it's it's a—it's fascinating because because really, in a sense, that you know, as a priest, you're taking care of. Of, of souls and you're responsible for for the souls within your your parish boundaries really as a parish priest but we think about the archdiocese of the military those are uh, you're serving the people who are serving us it's like serving the servers and I it's, mean, it's
0: pretty unique ministry as well because you're not only a catholic priest as a chaplain your job is everybody. to take care of all the soldiers and yeah. if that means that they are buddhist and need something for buddhism if i can't supply it then i need to find another chaplain or another sure. person who's able to give them their spiritual needs as well that's
1: amazing And, and it
0: put things in perspective a lot because and
1: we're so caught up in our world but there is so much more out there the needs are so great that we all can make a little bit of difference huh oh absolutely yeah? absolutely
2: you know um I was One of the other things I found that was kind of interesting is, uh, I guess, his father, Cappadano. Father uh, Vincent Capadano. Yeah, they yep. just sent all of his stuff uh, to the Vatican. Uh, he was in his, Vietnam, he was, uh, right? I, I think so, yeah. Right, but yes. they're sending him to the congregation for the cause of saints. Another so. step to a sainthood. Sainthood, yeah. They yeah. just appreci- uh, approved that, and the archbishop, who was here at your ordination two years ago.
0: He was. Archbishop Rolio was here. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Father Cappadano has a really cool story of um known as the Grunt Padre. He was the, with the Marines. And uh, basically, I mean, his whole life, obviously, is fantastic. You don't get put forward to be a saint if you were just, like, a mediocre life and then awesome death. But uh, <laughs> the, spectac- His <laughs> life was terrible. His death was spectacular. <laughs> but uh, for it, kind life. of his last moments, if I'm remembering everything correctly, was, uh, you know, he got caught in a battle with uh, his, his unit, the, the troops he was with. And uh, we're really, as chaplains, most of the time they tell us stay away from the front lines because you're not carrying a weapon. We do get, uh, and I can only speak for the army, is what I know really well, but we get what are called chaplain assistants, which the best way I like to describe them to Catholics is altar servers with machine guns. Nice. That uh, they help us with ministry, (laughs) they help bring people in, they help a little bit with counseling. But uh, when it comes down to any danger, their job is to protect the chaplain. Right. But, uh, but at the same time, if chaplains are at the front lines, people are going to be worried about keeping that crazy chaplain alive who's running around without a weapon and not keeping themselves alive, which is what we want them to do. Right. Um, but Father Capodanno found himself uh, there at the front lines and uh, began running out to give uh, the wounded last rites and to drag them to safety. Uh, while doing so, he was hit by some shrapnel, which I believe wounded one of his arms. Uh, and, but he was managed to be kind of brought back to safety where they patched him up and told him, stay here. He did not stay there. Ran back out, continued his work where he was hit by more shrapnel. Uh, I believe from a mortar, which uh, took out a good chunk of his other arm, uh, his hand yeah. that uh, apparently was partially severed. But uh, they brought him back, patched him up. Stay here. Uh, did not stay there. Uh, went back out and saw a soldier who was uh, about to be uh, shot by a machine gun nest and took, uh, covered that soldier with his body. Unfortunately, they both died, but uh, gave his life trying to protect another a beautiful account of one's living, uh, one's life, or a friend. Huh? Not only was he recognized by the church for this, but uh, he also has the Congressional Medal of Honor. Wow. Which well, there are more Catholic so. chaplains with uh, the Medal of Honor than any other denomination uh, chaplain. Wow. That's
2: awesome. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I just brought him out because it, w- it was such a, a fascinating story. And um, to have him come, you know, a saint, uh, someone to be sent for the congregation for the cause of sainthood, Coming out specifically the military, and you've mentioned a couple of times that chaplains don't carry weapons mm-hmm. because you're not authorized to.
0: Well, so. it's we're not authorized, but it's also I mean one it's part of our message, right? But uh, two is you know when we're in conflicts that follow the rules, which, albeit this one is not so much one of them, but uh, because chaplains are in fully non-combatants, one nobody is supposed to shoot at us, right? But two is it goes so far as to uh if captured uh they're supposed to have the choice of whether they go with those men who are captured to minister to them or say nope let me go and uh be released to your own uh men yeah that's the the wonderful
2: geneva conventions i don't know if you get that yeah
0: and actually if you're interested in that uh another medal of honor winning catholic chaplain who i believe is also uh up for not as far along as uh father vincent capadano but uh Father Kapan is another. He's who, in uh, Korea. He was, he in, was Korea. in Korea and yeah, was captured and really uh, it's wonderful ministry within the uh, prisoner of war camp.
1: I learned so much today. Cool. Yeah.
2: I know it's an amazing story. It's and it's so little known, um, but you guys in in the Archdiocese of the military are doing s- such good work and so necessary um, and so important. So you know, it's we need obviously we need more chaplains. So. Uh, But pray for more chaplains pray pray for for vocations pray pray for for more uh, vocations pray for
0: the soldiers the men and and women who are out there and uh putting their lives on the line to really help keep our country a place where we can practice our religion with uh with safety and freedom
1: absolutely and we also want to thank father chris for uh, the willingness to open his heart not only to answer the priesthood but to answer to another noble call which is to give his life for the military services as well and so a tip of hat from his brother here and we wish you all the best in your ministry at the cathedral we promise that you will walk out here uh, i think well wow. <laughs> <far> less. <laughs> and then soon father chris will also be deployed uh where we don't know yet but uh That's the, I guess that's the pack
0: that the bishops made, right? Basically, uh, the way that co-sponsorship works is after ordination, your first three years, you are with your home diocese, uh, preferably in the reserve at that time as I'm currently serving, one week and a month, and then one month there's a two-week obligation as well. And then after those three years, you go full active for at least five. Uh, That's what's coming up in another year for me, and they'll send me wherever they need me for the next five years. Past that time if i feel called to continue i can ask the two bishops if they give the go-ahead you can continue serving if i've said it's been wonderful but i'm out then i come right back here to orlando but no matter what when my time with the military is over orlando is my home and i'll return here wow so That's say a amazing. prayer
1: for father for chris and all the chaplains all the men and women who serve in the military for what they do and uh, the sacrifices that they make all right, folks. good. and thank
2: you, Father Chris, for coming My on. My pleasure. It's been that was great. So, you know, we get him into the cathedral for two days and then drag him over to the studio. It's great. It's well, actually kind of nice to be back in the studio as much as I've enjoyed being in the dungeon. Oh, I feel so sophisticated. We don't get to sit as close to each other as we do
1: in the dungeon. Which... Oh, s- Please stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> thank you, Father Chris. All right, all the very best for all of you, and may you have a blessed week.
0: Amen. God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Ex Nihilo with Father Martin Wen and Steve Buckland. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.